0: And I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Stay with me tonight. Amen. Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. The Bible says, before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, uh, I pray that you would be with me tonight, Lord, as I take the Word of God and we open it up, and Lord, we see what you're going to teach us tonight. Lord, I pray you'd take me out of myself. You'd help me. Lord, I pray that you would... be with these dear folks, God. They've given of their lives on a Wednesday night to be in your house. And God, I pray that they would not walk out of these doors the same that they came in here. But Lord, I pray that they would, Lord, be willing to go out and do what you instruct us to do. In your name we do pray, amen. amen. Titus, could get some trucks. All right, Luke chapter number 15. The Bible says in verse number one says, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now we know the publicans and sinners are the non-religious crowd, right? They had obviously heard about Jesus and they were trying to get to Jesus until verse number two. Let's see what happens in verse number two. Verse number two says, and the public, I'm sorry, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured saying, now this man received the sinners and eat it with him. Did you see who the preacher was <laughs> talking to it? Well went the other dentist, I don't think we ain't never done it in it. I don't like it. Is that not right? Is that not what the Bible said? Yeah, yeah. Amen. See the, the sinners, the publicans and sinners were trying to get to God. They were trying to get to the Lord. Until the religious crowd came along. Now, I'm sure, Brother Marty, y'all don't have anybody like that in your church. Here they are. You ready? Well, he ain't never did it like that before in this church. Indoor plumbing, I'm against it. I'm thankful for indoor plumbing, say amen. A little bit of change is good for all of us, say amen. You know the ones I'm talking about, you know they've been teaching Sunday school. Well, I've been teaching Sunday school for 284 years in this church. The religious crowd, those who know more than God, Those who when God has a question about what should I do, He always calls them because they have all the religious answers. They know how everything ought to be. The religious crowd, amen? Amen. Thank you. I was about to run back there and amen myself, say amen. (laughs) All right. So now we see that what the religious crowd was saying when well, this man receives sinners and eateth with them. They're doing a whole lot of this when they need to be doing this. Say amen. You know, we don't want that kind in our church. Well, I saw the preacher and he was talking to him, and the Sunday school teacher, they were talking to this guy and I don't, I don't know that. Well, you know, I know his background. Well, guess what? Jesus knows your background. Say amen. And He still lets you come to church here. Say amen. Amen. Well, how did Jesus respond, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse number 3 and let's keep reading. And He spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not Leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which, I was, lo- which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more, more, More than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Now, if you know me at all, you know I'm a little bit different. So he's like, oh, oh, amen. Say that louder, preacher, amen. So tonight's message is going to be a little bit different. So I want to ask you a question. I want you to talk back to me. Is there anybody tonight in the building who who you live on a farm and you have animals at home. What do you have? Now I didn't ask where you were from. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anybody have cows or horses or chickens or hogs or anything like that? You've got chickens. Say amen. If your chickens get out, and what are Switzerland's? Are they dogs? Okay. Okay. Hey, I didn't know, amen. We always called them puppies where I came from. What a blessing. All right, so anybody have any dogs or cats at home? Okay, dogs and cats, what do you have? You've got cats too? I'm sorry. Are you the cat lady? You know, every church has at least one cat lady. Say amen. Amen. What do you do when your, when your chickens get out or your dogs or your cats get out? If you, if you keep them at the house and they get out, you know what you do? You go look for them. If your chickens, do you keep them in a pen? No, they just roam free? Do they ever just, your chickens probably don't ever get too far away. No, not too far away. Chickens don't normally do that. But if, you, if your animals get out and they get too far away, you know what we'll do? We'll go look around the yard, and if we don't find them in the yard, before long we'll find ourselves venturing out into the neighborhood, and we'll start looking up and down the streets in the neighborhood. And then, before long, you know what we find ourselves doing? Knocking on doors, looking for that little puppy that got out. Because you love that little kitten or that puppy. That's what you do if you have puppy. You know what you do if you have cats and the cats get out? You lock the doors and pull the shades down say amen. Yeah, amen. Act like you're not at home. What a blessing. No, but if you, if you lose that little puppy dog or your little pet that you love or your horses or your cows or your chickens or your sheep and they get out, you go look for them. That's what you do. Preacher, how long has this church been here? How long has the Harvest Baptist Church been in existence? 39 39 years. In 39 years, have there been some sheep that have gotten out? Some members of Harvest Baptist Church that have gotten out. How many of y'all have been here for more than 10 years? How many of you have been in this church for more than two years? Now, y'all have to raise your hand again. How many of you have been here more than one year? Okay, most of us here. When we talk about the members of Harvest Baptist Church, there have been some sheep that have gotten out. There have probably been some sheep that have gotten out since Sunday morning. They're not here tonight. Now, I don't know who they are, but you do. When I said that, somebody's name or face come across your mind, and you know exactly who is missing tonight. You know who used to be here five years ago, but they're no longer in church. They still live in the area, but they're not going to church anywhere. You know who they are. Now, I don't know how it is around here in particular, but a lot of places that we travel, we find signs. Whenever a little puppy dog gets out, we find little signs like this put up. They'll put them on fence posts. They'll put them around the red light poles. They'll put them at Starbucks. They'll put them at Walmart. They'll put them over at the 7-Eleven. They'll put them at the laundromat. They'll hang them up everywhere. Y'all see my puppy? Ain't my puppy cute? And they'll put this sign up that says, Lost puppy if found... And they'll give their phone number down there. Y'all see those around here? Do they do that around here? Sometimes I've even seen them take these little A-frame signs and they'll put them on and they'll set them at the red light. Or they'll drive them on a stake and set it there by the red light. So that when you're driving your car, you see this little sign that says, Lost Puppy. Now answer me this. Why is it that we care more about this than we do our brothers and sisters in Christ? We'll spend all kind of money looking and searching and we'll spend all kind of time. And you know what? All of a sudden, we're no longer afraid to knock on doors. Oh, we'll knock on the door looking for our puppy if he got out. Now, what if we got the latest picture of our church member? We came down here to the church and we ran off 150 copies. And we said, lost church member, if found, called Pastor Shot." And we hung up 150 of these all over this area. We put them on the red light poles. We put them on fence posts. We took some down and hung them up at Walmart. We taped them to the door at the 7-Eleven. We put them down at Stop and Shop. We put them at Starbucks. We hung them up in the laundromat. Amen? Now, that might be funny, and if you do that, don't say Cedric Dunn said do it. Say the pastor said do it. Say amen. amen. Just kidding. Amen? Don't do that, but it would be funny. Amen? But the point this tonight is simply this. Why do we care more about this than we do this? You know, sometimes it's good for another church member to just come knock on a church member's door and say, Hey, I've been missing you at church. You know, they all expect it. We all expect that if I get out of church, I expect Brother Shot to come knock on my door. But what if you as a church member come and knock on my door? See, I look at it like, well, that's what he's paid to do. That's what he's supposed to do. But what if we as the church members of Harvest Baptist Church, we just begun to care again? Amen? Amen. What if we just really got enough concerned about our church members as we do our puppy dogs? It's like this. Titus, I'm I'm an old man, got a young son. By the way, there's 11 years difference between me and Tanya. She robbed the cradle. That's not true. It's the other way around. Amen. No, I would hope that if when I pass on from this life, that if Titus were to wind up living in this area, and he was a member at Harvest Baptist Church, that if he ever got to a point that he got out of God's house, and he wasn't faithful to the house of God, that there would be somebody in this church that would go knock on his door. And just let him know that you loved him. Just let him know that you care. Sometimes people just need to know that you care. Now look there with me. It says in verse number 8. I'm sorry, verse number 5. And when he had found it, he kicked it and beat it and scolded it all the way back to the pen. Is that what it said? Well, you knew you shouldn't have got out. Get back in there. Get back in that pen. Go on back in there. You knew you are Get back in there. That's not how the shepherd treats his sheep. Amen? What does it say it done? And when he found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. Now, I'm not telling you when you knock on their door tonight after church that you reach in, throw them over your shoulder and bring them back to church. However, that might be funny too. Say Amen? But the point is simply this, folks. Somebody needs to care. If it was your family member, you would want somebody to care about them. Yeah, you're right. If it was your brother, your sister, your parents, your, chi- your child, you would want somebody to go knock on their door. You'd want somebody on the way home tonight to just pick up the cell phone Give them a call and say, Hey, I was thinking about you in church tonight. Just want you to know I love you. Just want you to know we've been missing you at church. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Now here's the thing. Look down there at verse number verse number seven. It says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Hey, I'm thankful for the ninety-nine. I'm one of the 99 tonight. But you know what? God just gave us an example here that the one is more important than the 99. He turned his back and walked away from the 99 to go find the one. See, we think we're so important, but we're probably not as important as we think we are. I think God has a little more care, concern, and compassion for that one that got out than He did the 99 that stayed. And I think we need to do the same. Should your pastor do that? Absolutely. But so should all of us. Every one of us, if you're a member of Harvest Baptist Church... Or if you're a member of the, of, the, of the household of God, period, you ought to be concerned about those that get out and don't come back. Because some days, you know, we, we know how it is. It could be very easy for me to get my feelings hurt over something that didn't even really happen just the way I perceived something. Me walk through the door and I never come back to the house of God. Let's just go find them. Let's just go show them that we love them. Amen. Now let's read on down verse number 8. Let's switch gears here for a second. Verse number 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Somebody tell me what's the first thing this woman done when she noticed that she had lost that piece of silver. What's the first thing she done? Somebody tell me. She done what? She lit a candle. Now, obviously that silver was of great value to her. It was precious and it was lost. Amen. She had obviously at that point, she had looked all over the well-lit areas and she could not find it. So the next thing she'd done when she could not find that which was lost in the well-lit up areas, she began to go to the dark places. She begun to go where there was no light to look for that which was of value. And that which was lost. Let me say that again because that's good. She began to go where there was no light to the dark places, and shining her light, she lit her candle, and she began to look for that which was precious to her and that which was lost. And she took her light and she began to shine it around, and she began to look in the dark places looking for that which was lost. She was looking all underneath and all behind and all in between and she was looking everywhere there were dark places in her life and around in her home and she had her light and she was looking for that which was of great value. Say amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that somebody come looking for you? Aren't you glad that somebody took their gospel candle and came looking for you? I think it's time that we as the household of God, we light our gospel candle again and go looking for that which is lost. I think it's time that we light our candle. Don't the Bible teach us over there in Matthew that we're to be a a light set on a hill? And don't it talk to us and teach us that we ought to light our gospel candles, say amen? And we need to light our candle and we need to go to the dark places of this world and we need to begin to shine the gospel on a lost and dying world in those dark places. We want to complain and we sit around and we talk about, oh, the world is bad and what are we going to do and things are changing. Well, let's get started tomorrow or let's get started tonight. Say amen. amen. Let's just go start winning people to Christ. Should Brother Shot do that? Absolutely, but so should every one of us in here too. That's something that all of us can do. Let's just light our gospel candle and go looking for that which is lost in the dark places. What's the second thing this woman done? She lit her candle and then what did she do? She swept the house. You ever give a broom to a kid? They'll sweep a little bit here, then they'll sweep a little bit over there, then they'll sweep a little bit here. I'm like, Titus, you just moving dust around. You ain't making no headway. If I were going to sweep this building, I'd probably start back here in the back somewhere, and I would do a clean sweep, and I'd sweep everything, and I'd sweep it right on out the door. It's time that we light our gospel candle, go to our neighborhood, go to our work, go to our job, go to our family, and start taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. It's time we just get back to doing what we know we're supposed to do. We complain because the Muslims are getting a foothold. We complain because we can't take our Bible here and and they they fuss at us at work or what if we get fired? I say take your Bible and lay it right on your desk at work. You say what if I get fired? Amen. That means God's going to give you a better paying job with better hours. Say amen. Amen. It's time we stand up again and we take America back and it's going to start with us. It's going to start with us not being ashamed and just taking the gospel to those who need it. It's us that it depends upon. We just have to get back to taking the gospel to the world. Amen? And you know what? Here's how you do it. You don't have to make it complicated. Y'all saw that big bus sitting out there? Our fuel tank holds 225 gallons of fuel. We'll get on Gas Buddy and we'll find the cheaper fuel. And many times it's not at the Flying J. It's never at the Flying J. It's never at the truck stop where it's easy. It's always at the mom and pop store where you couldn't put my bus in if you had to. But I figure out a way. So I get it all parked in there and I start putting the fuel in there and somebody pulls up on the other side of the gas tank. And I've found this out when they take the nozzle off the gas tank and put it in their fuel tank. You've got a captive audience. Just do this. Hey, how you doing today? Huh. Just stick your head around the pump. They ain't going nowhere. That's right. that works. Just say, hey, how you doing today? Can I give you this and tell you that Jesus loves you? Yeah, that works. And look here, I'd like to invite you right here on the back. We don't have an address, but if you open up inside, <laughs> we've got an address. So I'd like to <laughs> invite you over to Harvest Baptist Church. We have the most handsome guy as our pastor. That's his picture right there. He's 74 years old and he's still got black hair. You got to come hear him preach. Amen? You know something else you can do? You can go to Walmart. You can come over here to the bread aisle. Y'all see the bread aisle over here? Zach, what kind of bread y'all eat? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Pumpernickel. Wheat. Amen. They over here at the bread aisle, they reaching up, grabbing that pumpernickel. You can say, hey, is that pumpernickel bread good? And they'll say, yes. You can say, hey, I found a bread that's better than pumpernickel. And they'll say, really? And you can reach in your pocket, grab a track and say, let me tell you about Jesus, the bread of life. Amen. You can come, y'all see the toothpaste aisle over here? Here's the toothpaste aisle right here. Here's the toothpaste aisle. You can come over here to the. What kind of toothpaste do you use? Sensodyne. Sensodyne. <laughs> She's over here at the Sensodyne aisle. She's reaching up to grab her some Sensodyne, and you can say, Hey, does that Sensodyne does it whiten pretty good? I know it helps the, the feeling, but does it whiten? It it does. Well, I found something that whitens better than Sensodyne, and she'll say, "What's that?" Every time you tell them you found something that'll whiten better than the toothpaste they're picking out, and they'll say, "What is it?" Let me tell you about Jesus, who can wash your sins whiter than snow. He'll whiten better than Sensodyne. Say Amen. All we've got to do is just start looking for ways to talk to people. I like to do this when they have their name tag on. Their name is Adam or John or Mark. I talked to an Adam the other day. I said, hey, Adam, where would you get your name? He said, oh, it, was my gra- it came from my grandpa. I said, no, it didn't. And he went like, he looked at me like, you know my family? And I said, your name didn't come from your grandpa. It goes way back further than that. And he said, really? I said, has anybody ever told you about Adam and Eve? God's first children? Let me give you a track and tell you about Jesus. Amen? You find a Mark, you find a Sarah, you find a Rebecca, you find a Mary, you find anybody with a Bible name, and you can talk to them if they got a name tag on. Ask them, do you know where your name came from? Amen? Not long ago, we were out in Phoenix, Arizona. We was with a pastor. We went to a a place to eat, and they gave us the menu. And I was sitting there, and I saw something on the menu that I had a question about. So I asked my waiter, I said, what does this mean? He said, I don't know. Hold on, I'll be right back. So he goes off for a few minutes, he comes right back. But his manager came with him. I recognized the manager's name right off the bat. I said, Jesus, how you doing? His name was Jesus. <coughs> he said, it's Jesus. I said, no, your name is Jesus. I said, do you know who Jesus is? And in America, he looked at me eyeball to eyeball and said, no. No. I said, do you have a few minutes? He said, yeah. He pulled up a chair, and for over 20 minutes, me and the pastor were able to sit there and talk to him and tell him about Jesus, who he was named after. Amen. Amen. It's not that there's not people to talk to. The problem is we just are not doing it. Yeah, come on. Right. But you got to load your gun. Got to get you some gospel tracts. Ladies, put them in your pocketbook. Men, put them in your shirt pocket. Put them in your back pocket. Put them in the door of the car. You know That, that little hole, cubby hole in the door of your truck or your car. Put some in there. Pull the ashtray out. Put some in there. And just go looking. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> just look for ways you can talk to people. If nothing else, just walk. You can go to Walmart, push your buggy up and down the aisle, and they will come meeting you. They'll walk right up to you in Walmart and you just give them a track. Everyone that passes, you just give them a track and invite them to church. Amen? Hey, if you can't talk to people, just do this, just go. (laughs) If you're scared to talk, just throw them a track and keep walking. I like to get on those four-lane roads, you know, and stop at a red light. I like to get in the right-hand lane and when we pull up to the red light at the same time, I'll open my door and tap on their window. They'll roll their window down about that much. You just slide a track in and say, hey, read this sometime and get back in. (laughs) Amen? Just pass tracks out. If you'll tell people how to get to heaven, God will tell people how to get to your church. Amen? Amen? And we're going to have to come out here and build another auditorium. Say amen. Because we'll pack her out. And all it takes is all of us just going and finding one. That's the title of my message tonight. Now that you've got the title, let's preach. Amen. Let's go find one. Tanya's coming to the piano. Let's all stand. Listen. at this tonight. What if every one of us in this building? What if we made our way down to an old fashioned altar and the altar is still a good place? What if we just made our way down to an old fashioned altar and we simply got on our face before God and said this Lord, would you put somebody in front of me this week that I can tell about you? You know what will happen? They'll start walking up to you. You'll go to get out of your car at the pizza shop, and somebody will walk right up to you and say, Hey, is there a goodwill in town? Somebody will walk right up to you and say, Hey, I lost my watch. Do you know what time it is? And you can say, Hey, that's mine. That's my one. That's my one. Do you think that if you got on your knees tonight at the altar and said, Lord, Would you put somebody in front of me that I could tell about you today? Do you think God's going to look down over heaven and go, No, I don't want you to tell anybody about me? All we got to do is make ourselves available. As she said,